Welcome to the Cutaways Podcast. I'm Justine. And I'm Ashley. This is a weekly podcast where we watch and discuss movies from Netflix's romantic comedy genre list. And we're watching them in chronological order to learn all about this misunderstood genre. And we're having a great time. Today, we have a special guest on our show. Welcome, Alex. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, guys. Hey! Hey, There we go. Today is a very special day because this movie is what, like, incited this whole crazy podcast thing. Yeah, for serious this is why we've done yeah. this, show. this movie <laughs> this movie is why we wanted to do the show <laughs> it's a big intro but we are watching 1982's grease 2 you know i was reading that john travolta and olivia newton john are not in this movie so i'm really intrigued about <laughs> how how specifically is this a sequel that's what i'm wondering um it's yeah it's a sequel it is a sequel there are lots of recurring characters all right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ashley will tell us all about the movie. So yeah, Netflix, their description says, Smitten with the leader of Rydell High's sexy pink ladies, the nerdy new British kid transforms himself to become the object of her affection. Are there any black people in this one? There's none in the original Grease. I don't remember It's there being the whitest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it is. It's... Yeah. It's kind of creepy, actually, especially when they're running around the bonfire. Like a bunch of white people I was like, this is a clan meeting. Yeah, it's basically. not something you want to see. <laughs> Which I think actually happens again in this movie. I know there's some, I remember there being some appropriation that I brought up because it was weird. Where did Rydell High, like, where is that supposed to be? Venice. Well, the, in the original in Greece, they filmed at Venice High School for the right. exterior. For this movie, they actually filmed, I believe, somewhere else. And it's not really so. explicit to... It's another Los Angeles high school. Yeah, I don't remember. They looked the sa- similar. Yeah, but we then say again, it's LA. Yeah. But they don't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> they don't ever really say. But I'm so excited because I really want to hear your reaction of who this stars. So this stars Michelle Pfeiffer, Maxwell Caulfield, and Lorna Is Isn't Maxwell Caulfield, he is from Empire Records? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rusty, so sexy. <laughs> we should watch that one. That's a real movie. Yeah. Grease 2 doesn't count as a real movie. Come on. No, it does not. It gives me the same feels. This isn't, yeah. We haven't even seen it yet. You don't Come know. On. I literally have never seen it. I never planned on seeing it. So you didn't just... even know it existed. I love it. That's what we do. We bring people together to these movies that no one has ever heard of. Mm-hmm. This is the first time we've actually had a female director mm-hmm. in our list of categories, or our list of movies. So it's directed by Patricia Birch. She was actually the choreographer for Grease, and she, I believe she's a working choreographer to this day. Like, that's what she does, and she directed this movie. <laughs> Just because. That sounded like fun. But so this is the first female director you guys have had on your podcast so far? Yep. Yes. That's awesome. Well, yeah. it's not awesome that it's the first, <laughs> but it's awesome that it is. Yeah, it's weird because we're doing strictly romantic comedies, and you think that would be a female genre yeah. sort of thing, but no. It's all been dudes. <laughs> yeah, all the way back in 1918, it was still dudes. And what year is this one? 1982. 82. 82. It took us... We're not born yet. <laughs> yeah. So, the movie is rated PG. 
It's an hour and 54 minutes long, and it's rated two stars on Netflix. You know, I didn't ask you, Alex, what is your personal history and your feelings about romantic comedies? I guess the first romantic comedy that really kind of struck a chord with me was probably The Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was all downhill. That remains <laughs> probably the only romantic comedy that I enjoy. Really? Uh, I mean, that, that comes to mind. That is interesting. Yeah. It's, Why did it strike a chord with you? Uh, I mean, you know, I was already a kid into Adam Sandler type comedy stuff. It seemed like the the kind of crux between like melancholy and happiness that was going on in that movie was um, something that was worth exploring. Nice. Well, it's a good one. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. It was before Adam Sandler started doing like things overtly yeah. racist and crappy. No, he was doing that too, actually. Oh, he was? Okay. <laughs> he listened back to his CDs and it was pretty bad. Okay, are you excited to watch Grease 2? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah! <laughs> Okay, we're back. We just watched Grease 2. Alex, what were what are your what are your what are your feelings? How do you feel? Uh, I feel like this movie probably shouldn't have been made. Oh, <laughs> that just breaks my heart. It does. I'm sorry. I've watched this since I was a child a lot, so it's one of those ki- kinds of movies. Why not the original Grease? I don't know. I still like the original Grease, and I probably have seen the original Grease more. It's just uh, this one is like campier. And just, I'm into campy films. It kind of seemed like they kept having to remind themselves that it was a Grease movie. Yeah. Like, they would kind of go off onto a tangent, and then they would just kind of reset. Mm-hmm. And snap into the microphone. <laughs> yep. And uh, just... Say Julie Andrews. Just kind of re-grease themselves. To John Travolta. Yeah. Snap John Travolta. Discount John Travolta. <laughs> that is what he is. Mr. Caulfield. Wait, who's, like, like I guess there's technically two discount John Travoltas in this. No, I feel like is Johnny, Johnny is definitely the discount John Travolta. And I don't know if Michael was, I'm not saying he's the discount Sandy, but. <laughs> well, okay, so when I first watched this movie, because, okay. I thought that Michael was literally the the football player guy from the first movie. Oh, Tom. 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 We've learned since the since the last podcast that he was like very very nude in the eighties. Yeah, porn and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this your second time watching yes. it, Ashley? Yes, this is my second time. The first time afterwards, I think I like the entire time I was just going. What? <laughs> what? What? I think that was literally like, yeah. I would do that every five minutes. You're just like, what is this? Why is this? <laughs> Why is everyone spinning in every scene? She had the same thought. <laughs> well, and then afterwards, like, we finished the movie the first time, mm-hmm. and I am like, Thoroughly confused and like hyped up on sugar, which is normally like when I get very Lorelai Gilmore and very ranty and crazy. And our my fiance and his friend walked in, and I explained from start to finish the entire 
entire movie to them. Thus, this podcast was born. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, you should record that. And we're like, we will. <laughs> Here we are. What is a T-bird? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's no T-bird. Oh. Alex is a renowned bird, bird, birder? Birder. Birder. Ornithologist. Yes. <laughs> no, it's certainly not in any scientific capacity. But, uh, Were there any bird birds or? in this movie? So uh, there was certainly a couple bird calls. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked out a western scrub jay in the opening scene, mm-hmm. which was nice because it actually, if if supposedly this is going to be in Southern California, that actually is fitting. Um, <laughs> because they were probably there. Yeah, yeah. The I, opening... bet it, I don't think that it was something that was recorded. recorded and I think it was just there. Yeah. Sound design? Well, the no, I don't think it was Samson. I'm oh. saying I think I think it was actually there. Yeah, he thinks there was just a yeah. bird that came and like sat on the boom pole and just squawked. I actually thought it was really interesting that there was some dance scenes where even like there you could hear their stomping, which in the first movie it was totally the track completely mm-hmm. changed mm-hmm. and it felt I mean it felt very disjointed, but here they tried to overlay some foley. Yeah. I also thought it was weird that there were a couple moments where part of the music was not being sung. It was, like, being thought. Yeah. <laughs> not just one character. Hap- like, people are kind of ESPing the whole song yeah. to one another. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah, it's it's fun and cheesy and campy, and it's fun to point out. So, like, the first one was supposedly a... A dying fantasy of Sandy's on the beach, right? That's the the theory. The so, theory for Greece one, the first Greece, is that she dies some point in the movie, and in the it's first all part of the beach. She like drowns, and then it's all like in her coma from Sand. I don't know. It's a theory on the internet. Whoa! <laughs> this blew my mind. <laughs> It so then, things. is this a continuation? Because it's now her cousin. So is she just, like, imagining her cousin going into that world? No, I'm thinking, like, was this just random drug trips? This is 61. This is when it took place. No, because there are a couple scenes where people are dancing and the other people are just standing around. So I think that some people are on drug trips. <laughs> and, like, they're just letting them do their thing. Everyone's down with that in the 60s. Do you have a favorite character? My favorite character is Goose, probably. It might just be because I recognize the actor. Yeah. Um, Shooter McGavin. It's so weird that he's in there, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I think, it, like, I almost watch this, and then I see that character becoming the dad in SLC Punk. Oh, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. I kinda, that's my through line. Yeah, no, I just I thought he was exactly what he needed to be. Just, like, a moron. And no, old. But, like, yeah, well, he was way too old. <laughs> he must have been 35, 40 years old filming that. Yeah. He's a dad in SLC Punk that, what, came out in 90-something? Yeah. Davey's my favorite. My random favorite is the nerd girl. <laughs> With the braids? With the long braids and glasses. <laughs> Who just shows up everywhere. When she dances, the braids are kind of yeah. going everywhere. They just, like, hit her, and she just doesn't phase her or anything. <laughs> I have a new favorite, actually. Okay. I think my favorite is probably Dolores. Mm-hmm. Because, like, she's the only real person. She's the only <laughs> normal person who's, like, these pink ladies, like, doing their thing. I, you know. 
I don't know. I feel like she is objectively judging everyone, which yeah. is right. <laughs> and that's why I enjoy her. She's the only one not on drugs in that whole group. She'll be the leader of the pink ladies someday. I agree. All right, let's start the movie out. We start the first day of school. With a giant dance number. Back to school. Back. Back to school. I think they all missed their first class, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> they, they ran inside. They were in the windows. <laughs> what school has windows that can open like that enough for four people to hang out? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so this was a ba- an abandoned school. They filmed at an abandoned school in Norfolk. Norfolk, California. So, like, they completely had run of the mill on everything. So they probably just smashed the windows out. That's what I would do. And then, I, I swear to God, the guy, the last guy who runs mm-hmm. runs up, he had to have had, like, a trampoline just stored there for, like, late-to-class purposes. <laughs> just in the bushes. Yeah. Because he, jum- he jumps on something and then, like, somersaults into the classroom. And, like... That would be kind of cool. That would be an awesome interest. Like, I would want to know that guy. I was kind of hoping the window was going to close. <laughs> She's like, yeah. <laughs> you, you're late. You're late. Enter through the door. <laughs> I'll let you in if you enter through the door, but yeah, nah, bro. You're just you can't standing do- there at the window. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how we roll. Here at right L high. In the intro, the beginning of the song, we introduce Stephanie, who's the leader of the Pink Ladies, and Johnny, who's the leader of the T-Birds, and then Michael, the new kid, shows up, who's a cousin of Sandy, although he's British and she's Australian. I guess her father was a criminal and was brought (laughs) to Australia. Makes sense. So he meets Frenchie. Our dear Frenchie is back again, because she didn't graduate. (laughs) Well, she... She graduated, but she wants to study chemistry. Yeah, so she's back so that she can make her own cosmetics. And her storyline's never resolved. Right. She was going to be the next Mary Kay. So maybe she did. I don't know, maybe that's why she disappeared halfway through. (laughs) I'm done with this school. (laughs) I am fucking done with it. I'd like to think positively for Frenchie. She's out there making it. I don't know. I do like that actress a lot. Didi Khan. Mm-hmm. Then we're in the hallways at school... And it's established that it's over between Stephanie and Johnny. Sure. He doesn't accept it. (laughs) Right, she's established that she's done with him. Yes. And then Michael meets the T-Birds, and then Michael meets Stephanie, and then he instantly falls in love with her. Instantly. In his defense, the next time he sees her, she kisses him without saying anything. Yeah. That being said, neither of them are particularly interesting people. True. But it's high school. <laughs> yes, but Danny and Sandy were at least, you know, interesting. They at least felt a little bit more rel- well-rounded than just cut-out Barbie doll characters. Right, well, Stephanie was really kind of one note as a character throughout the entire movie. I thought part of the original Grease trope was that, you know, it's about being something that you're not and mm-hmm. kind of giving yourself a chance to be yourself. Whereas Stephanie's just dumb. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's dumb and she's mean. Yeah. She's very mean. And she just wants to date a biker who, like, she has no interest in <laughs> aspects of the human other than, like, them riding a bike. 
He needs to be a cool rider. Cool rider. Mm-hmm. So she would probably The like song written by Meatloaf. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should actually check the credits for that. I couldn't find anything. It like, was, if was so... If it was not Meatloaf, I mean, it's a direct ripoff mm-hmm. of Paradise by the Dashboard. Mm-hmm. I actually know the basis for Meatloaf. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Steve Buslow. He's an awesome dude. He... This is the a common theme um, on the IMDb forums that... It does sound like a Meatloaf song, but he is not connected to it in any way. Yeah, it's a ripoff. Yeah. There you go. Certainly a ripoff. Okay, then we're in Miss Mason's class. You love Miss Mason. Yeah, uh, I don't think that musical appreciation was why most people were taking her class. <laughs> well, no, they were taking her class for her boobs. Mm-hmm. Her boobs. Her boobs. Her boobies. Then there's the morning announcements. Eh, nothing really happening. Blanche has a giant xylophone now mm-hmm. she had a smaller one in greece but it's good that they're like embracing the camp that's the one yeah, that's yeah. the saving grace of this film is that they recognize how ridiculous it is yeah and just bulldozed through then we are after school and they're all hanging out at the track for some reason i find it weird that the t-birds are doing football things I think it was just to kind of throw in the football coach's cameo. Because that's kind of the joke in the first movie is that John Travolta tries to go out for sports and he doesn't know anything about sports. Like, the Greasers are not jocks. Mm -hmm. They're like... So why are they playing football? Danny paved the way. These are multifaceted Greasers. Maybe they're kind of more later than we thought. No, they're not. (laughs) Okay, so then... Stephanie is feeling she doesn't know what she wants because everybody's like, what's up with you and Johnny? And she says, there's got to be more to life than making out. But then spends the rest of the movie uh, attempting to make out with somebody. My favorite is the response to that line. There's got to be more to life than making out. And her friend says, uh, I never thought of it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Big philosophical Yeah, the pink ladies are like, really into the whole philosophy of the thing yeah so then michael's running track and the twins come up and ask him to play piano for the talent show tryouts so he agrees to do that because all british people have to know how to play the piano well i don't know where they they heard it from somebody that he plays piano he's playing piano by the way not watching his hands the entire time he's just talking mm-hmm. yeah to dolores who while he's playing tells him this song is terrible <laughs> The song that he's playing. <laughs> so rude. I liked and, Dolores. And then and then she's like She's again written out. No, like she's she, she's good though. She's has her she steals the scenes when she's in mm-hmm. it. Gotcha. I think. I liked her. Her and her Harley Quinn pigtails. So then Frenchie shows up and he teaches Michael all about pink ladies. Look, don't touch. Wait, don't even look. No no. Don't even think about it. <laughs> they belong to the T-Birds. Mm-hmm. And then, weird. then the bad guys show up on the turf. The, the same bad guy from the last movie. Craterface. Craterface. His motorcycles now. <laughs> Is his name actually Craterface? No, it's Balmudo. Leo Balmudo or something. <laughs> I don't know. I always thought his name was Craterface. They reference him as Craterface in Greece, and that's the name that stuck with me there. So what is this bad guy, like, even still doing there? I don't think he goes to any school. <laughs> He's just a career bad guy. In the original, they called them the Scorpions. Yeah. Yeah. And It's a turf war. Right. And then they lost 
they 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 race for pink slips and he mm-hmm. lost. So he lo- he loses his car, and then buys ten motorcycles for him <laughs> and his boys. So then he just shows up harassing harassing high school students. Yeah, like what's the what's the correlation between these guys and the other T birds? Just because they're T birds. Yeah. Is it a school rivalry? I think it's more about the turf than the actual school. What turf? It's your school. Come on, on our turf, you mean your school? (laughs) Did they go to your school? Then it's not yours. It's everyone's. And also, yeah, like I don't even know where they belong. Maybe it's like like the the section of the city. We're not really 100% sure where this movie takes place, so it's probably trying to allude to, you know, different sections of the city, I guess. I don't know. They needed a problem. Plot hole. But then, they're going bowling. The longest scene in history. (laughs) (laughs) The longest bowling scene in history. Yeah, so they sing the song, Score Tonight. But everybody's dancing and bowling and more dancing, and there's lots of spinning. Yeah. And then we get random, like, close-up shots of characters that aren't involved in our story at all. And we see, like, everything. They're also spinning. Yeah, it lasts, like, a good ten minutes. This is where the choreographer-director comes out. Not cutting the scene at all. Not cutting any aspect of it. Yeah. I don't... I love choreography. I love dance sequences. I love that Paulette refused to put her fingers in the holes of the of the bowling ball because she just did her nails when she actually, like, is bowling. And yeah. then during the number, she is holding a bowling ball with her fingers in the holes. Just, like, dancing around <laughs> with the ball in her hand, like, you know. She should have said it's not true to her character. Yeah. yeah. So then Michael shows up, and then Stephanie is saying that she can kiss whoever she wants, says she'll kiss the next guy who comes in the door, and it's Michael, and she smooches him, and he is like, oh. yeah. I was, I was looking forward to her kissing the janitorial stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I... Okay, we, we need to talk, touch about the book that he was, like, carrying. He was trying to, like, pick up American slang mm-hmm. through a book. Yeah, which didn't sound like American slang at all, because it was like... It sounded like what... Wanna s- roll some balls tonight? Yeah, it sounded like <laughs> what somebody... <Howdy>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what somebody who doesn't, like... You think they published it over in Europe? Yeah, like, it was just... Somebody in Europe was just like, this is how Americans have to sound. Because, yeah, it was like, hey, boys, let's, y- you know, you want to get some balls? Mm-hmm. You want to throw them? You want to throw them around? <laughs> let's bowl some balls. <laughs> yeah. Let's bowl some balls. Alex, have you ever been candle pin bowling? Uh, yeah. I'm not very good at it. It's a New England thing. Oh. Alex is a oh. Connecticut. Oh, okay. Well, the jo- we have a joke on the podcast that Justine's, like, entire family owns Rhode Island. That's true. <laughs> that I've actually, I know for a fact. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can confirm. Can confirm. Back to the movie? Yes. Michael talks to Dolores, and he's getting sympathy from her, and just, I don't know, making friends, and she says, without a cycle, forget it. They won't even look at you. Yeah. So he's like, so it's a cycle, is it? Yes. <laughs> Then we have a couple scenes where Miss Mason meets Mr. Stewart, and then Miss McGee confronts Johnny in the hallways, like, just stuff with the teachers. Like, weird stuff with the teachers. Isn't this where Johnny swallows the cigarette? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, like, why, just, just, like, pinch it off and put it in your sleeve, dude. I liked the little thing where he flips it up into his mouth and then accidentally swallows it. Then we have the talent show tryouts. And this is where Michael's at the piano and he's attempting to ask out Stephanie. And she's like, I'm busy, geek. I'm busy the next night, too. Mm-hmm. And the week after that. He's like, what do you want? She and wants all of the months. Cool Rider. Yeah. And she sings her song. Her um, or meatloaf-inspired meatloaf song. song. I love that song. But she, like, climbs up ladders and, like, does some very dangerous things. It's not the most dangerous thing she does in this movie. She does, she's on the motorcycle and then she turns around to be on the front oh, of Oh, yeah. <laughs> she does do that. She does pull a Kim Kardashian, Kanye West what was that music? I don't even remember. I don't know what you're talking about. All I know, I, I, the only reason I know this is because Seth Rogen and James Franco remade that music video. Oh. And where Seth Rogen is naked instead of Kim Kardashian. Interesting that you bring them up because um, James Franco, I kept being reminded of James Franco um, by uh, Nogarelli. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could see that, yeah. I know, he just kind of had that, like, Especially, like, Freaks and Geeks kind of vibe. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that Franco Moxie that's in Freaks and Geeks yeah. specifically. I See, because in, in my mind, that's what greasers always kind of were. They were kind yeah. of burnouts, mm-hmm. but they're, like, cool burnouts. Not that, I mean, not that the burnouts of Freaks and Geeks are not. They're, they're the cool kids, but they're, like, kind of dismissed more. Yeah, I just think it's whatever time period you're in, if it's cool to be a burnout or if it's not. Yeah. With... Greece specifically, there's more to talk about, like, what's cool and what defines cool, especially in high school and when that peer pressure comes in. With this, there's not This nearly... movie is not deep. No. Sorry. Nope. It's it's a surface Grease movie. It's not a, a full-on. No good themes. Lots of fluff, though. Yes, lots of fluff. Lots of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Levitating over police cars <laughs> in your motorcycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now back to the movie. <laughs> Lewis asks Michael to do essays for cash. So he ends up doing all the T-Birds homework. For like $4. Yeah. How much does a motorcycle cost? Because apparently you can buy it for change. Yeah, I mean, you can get a job. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it takes him an hour to write an average paper, which is a miraculous rate of production of, of essays and you get what four dollars for each essay that's less than minimum wage in the 60s no it's not but <laughs> <laughs> no it's something like that that is a good point you could have got a job yeah, flip some burgers man you want to be an american <laughs> <laughs> yeah but he's writing about william the conqueror and shit shit that the t-birds would never be able to write a paper. Yeah, as he goes on, he starts to realize that and stops writing so pretty and and makes and greases him up a little bit and doesn't really... Well, he makes it more believable. Yeah. Because the first one, it looked like he had, like, typed them in calligraphy. <laughs> like, they were straight lines. This, this was... That was not handwritten. Mm-hmm. Well, then, the next number is everybody's favorite number, reproduction. <laughs> <laughs> this song was the most ridiculous part of this entire movie. I thought bowling was bad. <laughs> this changed everything. There you go. I love this part because it's so 
it's so classic high school and so ridiculous that they took it to just such a level that I never thought anybody could ever take reproduction to. Like, first we start singing about flowers and their reproductive cycle. And then, like, the the catchphrase of the song is, where does the pollen go? Mm-hmm. So it's, I like the, I don't know, I liked it. I thought it was weird and right level of weird. The bowling alley scene just goes on too long. This is, like, a nice, like, nugget, two-minute nugget of weird. That was nice. Yeah, I mean, I know it takes place in the 60s and it's filmed in the 80s, but it just felt, like, so kind of... It was so off-base base of sexual education in the 60s. Yeah, they wouldn't even 60s. have the boys and girls together. Yeah. Right. That's what, yeah, I mean, it, but it felt very, like, heteronormative in a, in a very constricting and, like upsetting way I can see that. the guys on one side of the room the girls on the other and they're kind of like i don't know mm-hmm. the, it, it felt it felt almost rapey like this I, the song oh it there. definitely does feel rapey like i it that's that's where it gets that weird feeling of and then the teacher also like incites some of the rapiness but i think that boys in high school are kind of like that at least my my experience with high school boys was like that they don't quite understand yeah, but you do also, with the girls you had, two different types of girls. You had the goody-goodies in the front who are like, no, 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 no. And then you have, like, the more um, sexually awoken awoken ladies in the back <laughs> being like, oh, yeah, but can you do it right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like there'd be less of those type of girls in high school. Yes, there would. But, like, for boys, the the boys, I, I guess I just... The boys are just one note. Yeah. Literally. Reproduction. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they said. Yeah. It's fun. I think it's fun in the song where they kind of switch sides, although it is heteronormative and it's sexist and it's it's terrible where the guys are singing, like, what girls would say and the girls are singing what guys would say. Yeah. It's fun, but it's terrible. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is definitely that. My favorite line after that uh, song was, no, sorry, the principal saying, they have drives, lustful drives. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, then the- and then the girl comes up to the principal and says, oh, Miss McGee, I- I've missed two periods. <laughs> and she-, she says, oh, you can make them up later. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <"Whoa." laughs> Like she did weird, that look a lot. Well, more. she did the, the, the 80s zoom, like, into the face to yeah. get the reaction. Though That happened a lot. There's a couple weird 80s zooms. They're just like, why? Why am I zooming? This is not um, The Graduate. <laughs> the principal was also just stressed out in every scene. Like, she would have her reaction, and then she would have her internal reaction. Yeah. It, it was some pretty... Uh... She needed to retire. <laughs> Well, it, was, it felt like almost like slapstick comedy with her. Mm-hmm. You know, because in the first movie, there was like a couple scenes mm-hmm. where there was that level of like gotcha comedy with the principal. But here, I think they took that and they made it in every scene that she's in. Yes. The, xyloph- yeah. the big xylophone <laughs> and the flag falling on their face. and Yeah. Every time that she's on screen, they just make a joke of her, which is fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's It's fun, and I I totally kind of understand the stressed out... You're dealing with high school students 
for like eight 30, hours a 35 day. 35-year-old high school students. Yeah, yeah. And, those are, and everybody's bad. Everybody's yeah. a bad kid except for like two people. Yeah. <laughs> like for two clean good. cut white males that are singing a <laughs> cappella. Yeah. yeah. Everybody else are And then the twins. People. The twins are like the yeah. goody goodies. Okay, and so there's the, five good people. Yeah. And, all and the then like terrible. 800. Oh, wait, and then the two nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, even the ner- no, like lady oh. nerd, kind of got pretty randy. Yeah, she did, especially during reproduction. <laughs> yeah, she was twirling her braids like this. Gu- guy nerd got <laughs> left up in the rafters to drop the leaves. Everyone forgot about him. Yeah, no one saw him after that. <laughs> like, I'll tell you when to drop the leaves, and then they skipped. They're like, "Oh, you're not allowed to do the other, you know, spring and summer <laughs> in the seasons." aspect of the the talent show he was just hanging up there for months with he the just sit, yeah he just... and he died everybody died in this movie <laughs> you at could just point at any time you could just be like at the scene's over you're like and then they died <laughs> you could do that with like nearly everybody and then they died and then frenchie died <laughs> Frenchie almost blew herself up in a chemistry accident. I assumed that was what happened with her. <laughs> yeah. The fact that she kind of disappeared from the movie. She pulled a, a Seamus. They must yeah. have shot. They must have shot her out in like two days. I I can't imagine her. I don't imagine that they did because there were scenes with her that were cut. There were scenes with her that were cut, and they were also maybe going to add her in again. Well, she was supposed because apparently this was Paramount's idea was they were going to franchise Grease. They were going to do a third movie installment, depending on how well this one did, and then a TV series. So she was going to be the link between all of those. I guess it didn't work when they, like, started seeing dailies and just didn't like it. Well, Frenchie's just not interesting in this one. She's still just doing the same thing. She's still just terrible at beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she just, it's just that one note thing. Like, that's her one thing. Um, but every, like, Stephanie's her one thing is that she's a pink lady and that she's kind of a terrible human being. And then Michael's one note thing is that he's British. And <laughs> that's pretty much it. He writes good papers. Well, he's British. He's, like, the British professor. He's, like, the, the smarty pants. They definitely put seeds in the uh, in the script for a possible sequel, like... Dolores saying, I'll be the head of the Pink Ladies one day. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, geez, they were trying to make a Grease 3. <laughs> like, that line, that line doesn't get written without there being kind of murmurs of a possible sequel. I want to make a Grease 3. All right. Grease 2. Michael starts building a bike and starts learning how to ride in a, what's the place? Where did he uh, I think that that location is at Sepulveda Basin. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously this was filmed in 82, and I didn't experience Sepulveda Basin until 40 years after that. <laughs> but you can see a freeway in the background. It's a park right next to a freeway. It, it strikes me as either Sepulveda Basin or one of the parks along the 101 and LA River area. Then we have a talent show rehearsal. Um, this time it includes the T-Birds. Isn't this when they first audition? Yeah, when they first audition. So it's like a little more of the Calendar Girls, but first glimpse at the T-Birds song. And you see the the Clean Cut Boys. Yeah, they're doing Mr. Sandman. Mm-hmm. Acapella Mr. Sandman. So yeah, then there's, it, it's semi-montage because then we have more bike riding and then more talent show, like, preparedness. Um, so I think it's, 
some sort of weird structure because it's just like time is passing, but it's slow, you know? Yeah, it's weird. Um, and then we're at the bowling, the bowlerama again. There's confrontation with the bad guys. The bad guys and their bikes show up, and Johnny's there, and he can't handle them, and he's like, ah! Everyone runs away from the crater face dude. Yeah, but then Michael shows up in his brand new leather outfit. <laughs> and his flame-painted motorcycle. He's wearing goggles. He's in disguise. You can't tell who he is from his chin. So they all sing, who's that? Who's that guy? And Michael sings his first line of the entire <laughs> movie. Mm-hmm. We're halfway through, and he has yet to say, sing a single word, and yet he is apparently... He really hasn't, like, talked very much either. Like, he doesn't have very much dialogue. This whole movie is just, like, one big giant dance sequence to try and tell a story. But I love that he, like, he thinks this... this it's all internal, his singing. It's great. What would they do if they find it was Michael? He's <laughs> <laughs> just like... <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think I'm riding his bike. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Stephanie says she's tired of being someone's chick. And then proceeds to go be someone else's chick. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then we're in chemistry class with Michael and Frenchie. And he tells her, you know that yeah it was him who was there who's the secret guy Frenchie's super excited about it isn't this Frenchie's last scene I think so yeah and he's like yeah I would totally next time I see Stephanie I'm gonna go right up to her and ask her out and then she walks in the door and he's like (laughs) well she also wants nothing to do with him yeah well because he's not a cool writer she wouldn't even look at him. Yeah. She's looking in her mirror. She's like, uh-huh. Yeah, what? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing with Stephanie. She's always looking at a reflection of herself. Olivia Newton-John would never do something like that. No. She's too good. She's she too was, pure. She, yeah. <laughs> well, that was a love story about two people who were not shitty. And for some, I mean, like, you know that she's just going to break his heart. Stephanie's just going to totally destroy Michael. Well, yeah, once he, like, is unable to keep up with this charade, yeah. he she's just going to be very angry and resentful. Because they'll probably have, like, two kids at that point in time. Because she was very, very horny for him at the end. Mm-hmm. Trapped in a loveless marriage. Oh, <laughs> just... Well, I mean, he's British. It's not like he was hoping for anything better than that anyway oh true valid point all right so then lewis and sharon have a moment in the fallout shelter where they sing a song do it for our country yep this song was great (laughs) (laughs) i mean hilarious take out the context of like basically him cornering her in a a staged hostage situation (laughs) Mm -hmm. the song is hilarious so i've decided I've decided that I am going to exit my wedding with this song. So good. <laughs> that will be amazing. <laughs> Justine will cry. I'll be crying, but I'll stand like this. <laughs> I'll salute you on the way out. I don't know how Sam is going to react when I tell him this today, because I'm going to go home and I'm going to play him the song, and I'm going to be oh, like... But you know what's terrible? The soundtrack, her voice isn't on it because she wasn't able to record, so they did all the dubbing. Oh, that's upsetting. So it's only with him. It's only the guy singing. 
Well, I think that might be appropriate for our exit song. Sam is your the name of your fiance. Yes. Well, and they don't they say do it for Uncle Sam. Yeah. Oh. There you go. Which he is an uncle. Oh. <laughs> Brilliant. He's got backing singers on the soundtrack. That's creepy. Which Disneyland doesn't exist. Yet, in no. 61. Disneyland did not exist. I feel like it's 63 or 64. He bought land, but that's it. Yeah. It doesn't exist yet. It's a good song. It's a lot of innuendos. Like, if you ever listen to the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bummed that she didn't make it on that. Why is, why is she scheduling? She couldn't record the soundtrack. Get somebody else. Like, I'm going to recognize her voice. <laughs> Who the hell is she? she? This is the only song she sings in. Get this is anyone true. else. Yeah, that's true. That is true. You should have produced this. There's there's a lot of difficulties with this movie and its, you know, producing situations. Mm-hmm. Should we mention the, the script bit? Well, yeah, they started, they started filming without a completed script. Not a good plan. <laughs> They're just like, oh, figure it out. We'll fix it in post. (laughs) But they got those dance numbers. They had to have been rehearsing for like six weeks, though. Well, they they probably had the songs, but the script wasn't written around those songs. That's why the bowling scene is so long, because they didn't know what they were shooting next. They were like, yeah, today we're going to keep shooting more bowling choreography. (laughs) Just keep spinning. We're just going to get it. Just keep spinning. <laughs> that must have taken so long because they got the one camera and they just have like five groups of people and they're like, okay, you next. Okay, well, it's not next like the ca- it's not like the camera is moving very much. There's not a lot of movement with the camera unless they do the big wide dance number shots. But when they were in doing those very close ups, that was a different setup every time. And who knows how many takes they did with each of those setups? I want to know how many letters they went up to, like if they got to like Z. <laughs> Or they had to start Easy. doing double letters. Double. I yeah. vote double. <laughs> vote For double. Sure. You go through you you could break it down to each shot set up and like figure it out if you wanted to. I probably homework. could. <laughs> Just for that scene though, I'm not gonna do the whole movie. Michael shows up at Stephanie's gas station and picks her up. And has no shirt on. Yeah. He's like in an Elvis leather jumpsuit. He looks like a, a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> He's in like a he literally looks like a member of the village people. <laughs> Valid point. I, I can definitely see that. And he, like, he whisks her away from the horrible gas station situation because mm-hmm. she's, like, a gas station attendant. So she just left her job mm-hmm. that apparently is her fam- her dad's shop, which they've alluded to at the beginning. So she just left all of her responsibilities yeah. for a stripper. To go and be do some unsafe motorcycle tricks. And he didn't pay for his gas. <gasps> 50 cents. He's a thief? <laughs> Maybe he is a bad boy. Mm. He's just an inner bad boy. Yeah, I don't think that <laughs> Brits understand how petrol works. <laughs> Can we talk for a second about the unbelievable lack of diversity in this cast? <laughs> 
so such a white cast. Yeah. It's frightening. I mean, I recognize that in the 60s, like, maybe this is during segregation. I think it stood out to me more in the first Grease than in this one. Um, but that may have just been the, the creepy bonfire scene with <laughs> white people running around a fire. I mean, there was fire and white people in this one, too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But it was more against, like, Hawaiians. I mean, shit, at least they recognized that another culture exists. It's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, although it's, you know, Hawaiian... It is this weird kind of exotified American yeah. thing, you know, because because it, Hawaii is a state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's become part of all, our culture, but... Still not appropriate. It's still not. Yeah, it's still very un- inappropriate to do. I think there's a way of appropriating a culture without being strictly appropriation. Does that make sense? Like, there's a way to pay homage to that, to that culture without being offensive yeah hire hire those actors yeah. well yeah but not just that like you, you as a white person you can it just you have to you have to know your boundaries kind of thing like i think we can appreciate a luau and what it means to pacific islanders but we have to do our research we can't just take that like we have to understand the meaning and i think that that can be done i think that we can integrate as white people into like our our meaning or our beliefs and stuff like that. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to be offensive. I just think that you know if if we were more open to yeah. to understanding those cultures, I think it would make these things. Yeah, less and a lot of times it's right now it's just costume. Yeah, it really. Yeah, but I guess I also think that uh, people should be represented by themselves too. Oh yeah, no, no, like, I agree. I don't even mean like. There's just uh, there's just so many different ways that that scene could have gone. It's just, it's it doesn't matter. I, I don't know, I'm just rambling. I don't know. I think if it would have made it more of like a high school like paper mache kind of thing, that feels more that feels less appropriated. Whereas taking it to that to that costume level and making it like this background, uh, like the set dressing kind of thing, makes it offensive. Can we talk for a second about the costumes, actually? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the so later in the film at the talent show, mm-hmm. to fast forward a little bit, those costumes were insane. They're like they're so intricate, mm-hmm. and not just that, but also the T Birds have so much swag. They have like four different T Bird emblem outfits that are <laughs> super legit. Mm-hmm. Who is paying for this? <laughs> like, dude, they're definitely drug dealers. Right? <laughs> they have to be. Right? Like, there, there has to be something because they're, they're never they're working. All, they're all trust fund kids. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all fake greasers. Yeah, where do they live? I mean, like, what kind of houses do they live in? In Greece, one, I kind of imagine that they, like, you know, some of the, some of the greasers maybe come for money, like Danny, because he's got a car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then some maybe come from a broken home. But they just kind of get along in, in this group of dysfunction. Yeah. Yeah, we don't see their homes at all in this movie. There are actually no adults outside of teachers. Mm-hmm. In the entire, like, in the, in the diner, in all of the places they go outside of school, they only encounter other high schoolers. It's a weird high school movie. I think now we're so used to seeing, like, high school movies where we get to see like, a, this main character's world, and we get to, like, understand where they're coming from and, mm-hmm. and 
all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we really have no idea who these people are. Yeah. Is it just me, Alex, or are the twins Asian or part Asian? I was going to say that, <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that up, because I don't think... Because here's the thing, they're not Asian. The actors are not. They're not. No, but they totally were coded as Asian, as Asian twins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, they they step and skip in the same kind of beats. Um, I think it's also the, the way they did their hairstyling. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, the makeup that they had on them made it look weird. But the actresses themselves, they're not Asian. No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure not. But I had the exact same thought. Yeah, Jean Seagal and Liz Seagal. Okay. The sorority girls. Right, sorority girl. Oh, dude, I think that they're related to Katie Seagal. They're the younger sisters of Katie Seagal. Yeah, they totally look like Katie Seagal. Well, it's so interesting how even in the 60s, if you watch the first Grease, there's that animated section at the beginning, Mm -hmm. and they show the three greasers kind of like snapping their fingers, and, and one of them is much darker, kind of like olive skin, and objectively, if you look at that animation... You know, in today's world, you'd think, okay, then maybe they're Hispanic or maybe they're, like, Middle Eastern. And it's an Italian guy in in the actual, like, posse, like, mm-hmm. the greaser posse. At one point, he, like, says some Italian phrase to the principal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like, it's just interesting how they, you know, even then, like, Italians were being coded as, you know, not white. Yeah. And that was as far as cultural diversity was going to go in Greece. And then Greece too. Well, there's just a British person. That's 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 culturally diverse as they got. <laughs> Johnny wasn't Italian or anything. Johnny's supposed to be Italian. He's Nagarelli. Yeah. Nagarelli's supposed to be Italian. He was actually the actor is Romanian, oh. or, or at least part Romanian. Okay, because he would be the closest that I would say as not being white. Right, and that's because he was kind of coded as an Italian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is weird. Like that's a weird kind of like subliminal thing that I never really thought about before. Alright, let's get back to it since we're going over time. So, Michael brings Stephanie back to the gas station, and he starts almost confessing, like he's doing the, there's something I gotta tell you, and he takes off his goggles. But then he sees the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies show up, so he's gonna turtle himself up. <laughs> turtle. So yeah, then he leaves. <laughs> yeah, that... That whole transition was just... There's a lot of weird transitions, and I think that kind of leads you down this weird rabbit hole of not understanding where the story is supposed to be going. Yeah, you can't, like, map it out. When you're, like, I wanted to ask you, like, halfway through, like, can you see where the film is going right now? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, I knew how it was going to end with them, probably, you know, the big reveal. Yeah. But, um, well, yeah, so the T-Birds leave... And then they end up, suddenly they're on stage, and mm-hmm. they're rehearsing. Yeah. And the girls are there. Like, they just, you know, it was just an interesting transition. It didn't yeah. make any sense at all. They're singing Prowling, which is about picking up women at the grocery store. Is that, like, a thing? Do they, like, teach that? Is that, like, one of those weird men? In sex ed class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty standard. Well, I was more so talking about those weird, like, conventions that single men go to to try and pick up girls. Have you ever heard of those? Yes, I've heard of those. They're disgusting and you horrible. You mean that they, like the, the one that they make a joke of, in, or not really a joke, but in Magnolia. Yes. Like with Tom Cruise doing yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a, like, but like nastier than the self-help side of that. Like it's more 
coded to just going up and picking up chicks, like, for one-night stands. Okay. (laughs) So then we're back in school, and Stephanie is doing poorly on her Shakespeare paper, and who could help her but the smartest guy in school, Michael? Shakespeare himself. (laughs) Yeah. Shakespeare himself. So they go to a restaurant for a study date, and I don't know. Don't do any studying whatsoever. They talk about ketchup. And then... Slowly, somehow, her burger gets more and more ketchup at each time they cut to her. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no burger patty left anymore. It's just ketchup and bread just soaking out. It looks bloody. Like, yeah, it does. I thought she had gingivitis. She's bleeding all over her fucking burger. Nice. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> all right, so outside of this place Johnny confronts Steph and says that they're officially over. Because they weren't officially over at the beginning of the movie when she stated that. Apparently her opinion means nothing. Right. According to him. Pretty much the jacket is T-Bird property so she can't be a pink lady. Anymore. But her pink car still belongs to her? Yep. Did she buy a pink car? Did she paint it pink? It looks like the exact same car From that Frenchie had in Greece. Maybe Frenchie gave it to her. But you'd think that if the coat was T-Bird property, wouldn't the car, if it's being passed down, that would probably be T-Bird property, yeah. too. I mean, shit. These are T-Birds who race for pink slips. <laughs> 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 they race for pinks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so then it's lunch at school, and it's everybody's favorite part. Michael singing charades. Ugh, it's the worst song. I would have preferred this song to be like underlaid to scenes from charade with Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn because that would have been more exciting than this whole little segment because it becomes a montage it starts out like about there's seriously like three scenes of him like it's like three stanzas and it's just too too many yeah but it's also it's he has so many montages in this movie Mm -hmm. that this I think when they fi- finally had him sing through one of the montage, it just made it horrible. Because he, he's so slow, and it's supposed to be this melodic, like, ballad about his love for her, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it, do- it completely misses the mark, because he's sitting there singing to his giant meatball that ends up becoming, like, a green pepper for some reason. And this, yeah, it's a weird thing that Did I... Did I sleep through this scene? <laughs> I do not remember this. (laughs) You blacked it out because it's the weirdest fucking scene ever. It's from Michael singing in the lunchroom. In the cafeteria. (laughs) (laughs) Did I doze off? (laughs) It's the worst. It's the worst scene. It's the worst scene in the worst song. Yeah. Like, reproduction is raunchy and horrible in that regard, but this is just bad. Yeah. All around. Like, the melody was bad, the... His... He's just whining to his food. Yeah. And then to his paper where he's drawing the heart. Yeah. Yeah. With a ballpoint pen that doesn't exist yet in the 60s. You remember this part. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite part was that when he's drawing the heart, you could see, as he's drawing it, you can see actually the indent Mm -hmm. from the previous page from what must have clearly been the previous take. Unless he's just drawing hearts, turning pages, drawing hearts, (laughs) turning pages. You won't... Be writing papers about William the Conqueror that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Need to study, Mister Mister Shakespeare. Well, he knows everything. He already has a, a well-rounded British education. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
But why is he even in school? Does I he graduate? Is he a senior? He's- yeah, yeah, he's supposedly a senior. He graduates with them. I don't know. Their system is so different from ours. Yeah, I don't see how he would graduate. I don't see how he'd place in without, like, the same background gen eds or something. Yeah. Who knows? He's just British, so we just accept it. And it was the 60s. All right, so then it's the night of the talent show. And Michael has told Stephanie that he's going to meet her out front. Um, Which he does. He shows up, but then races away because the T-Bird's... Chase, chase him. him. So there's this big chase scene where the T-Birds are chasing him on their motorcycles. And then they go, he goes to Dead Man's Curve. He doesn't... Okay, this ma- this is a man who has jumped over police cars with this motorcycle. And he chooses to drive through the, um, the road closing signs. And just with reckless abandon. And then for whatever reason in the next shot when the T-Birds go through, the wreckage has been moved <laughs> because per- a perfectly cleared path yeah <laughs> because they they had the sidecar so the construction workers were very considerate and picked Safety. up their yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so michael quote unquote dies yeah he goes off the there's this single motorcycle track in the dirt that you can barely see because they didn't close up it or anything. Yeah, and Johnny says it has to be at least 100 feet to the other side. When you can clearly see the other side. And no way you can make that jump. Yeah. It honestly looks like a pile of dirt next to, like, maybe a, a, a short ditch drop. Mm-hmm. And that he could have just went off of this thing and just landed on the other side of the ditch. Like, it doesn't look like a ravine or anything. Yeah, it was dark. They didn't show anything. <laughs> then we have the talent show, and it's awesome. But first, Johnny's upset about Paulette's outfit, and she gets mad at him because she's sick and tired of his. Because she's a strong, proud woman needs no man. Yeah, except she does. Yeah, <laughs> she does. She just needs him to stop being an asshole. Yeah. The T-Birds tie up the Preptones, I think their name is, the acapella group. And then they died. (laughs) (laughs) No, they actually show up at the end of the T-Bird song all soaking wet. It would have been better had they died, like had they drowned in the shower. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you leave somebody in the shower in, like, hot water long enough, their skin will begin to melt off. Yes. So. They'll dissolve. And it would have been better. Which is different than resolving, which is what they are used to doing as acapella singers. Yeah. Boom, acapella joke. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Please me. don't include that. I'm going to. <laughs> the T-Birds perform their song, and then the Calendar Girls perform their song, A Girl for All Seasons, which is great. It's the best thing ever. The costumes are amazing. The song is nice. And then Stephanie has her psychotic breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> she grabs the star off of her head, because she's supposed to be a dancing Christmas tree, and, like, it floats away somehow, mm-hmm. and then we go to Biker Heaven. Biker Heaven. Where there's multiple costume changes, and silver. Mm-hmm. Silver and white. Notably, there's only one biker in Biker Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> but there's shit tons of bikes. Yeah, yeah. And they sing, love will turn back the hands of time. Is that what they sang? Yeah. 
I just, I, I blocked this song. Turn back. Whoa, turn back. <laughs> what did, Ashley, what did you think when you first saw this scene? I know you, your mind was blown. I think I sat there with my mouth open for a good 30 seconds and then was trying to contemplate how this was happening. I think I had to explain it to you. Yeah, I think you did, because I was so... <laughs> I was so confused at that point that I just... My mind stopped working. Especially after, like, Michelle Pfeiffer had her third costume change in yeah. this dream psychotic break sequence. What did you think, Alex? I like that at the end of the song, everyone's just clapping while she's still on the ground. <laughs> just... In her own little world. Yeah. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, did she perform that piece by herself? Was it really awkward? Or was she just kind of mumbling? And then everyone's just like, let's just clap because it's getting weird. Those are the questions everybody has after watching this movie. It's a perfectly normal question. <laughs> well, and she's surrounded by all of her concerned friends in their costumes. And they're, like, trying to, like, shake her and try and get her out of it. But she's just sitting there clutching her star. I think, because it starts out her singing it on stage. I think she sang the whole song. I don't know if she did the talking bits to nobody. Because <laughs> it's a two-person song. But I know she starts singing it on stage. I assume she sang it. But I don't know. Like It's, it's exactly <laughs> like the questions I have for um, Zachary Schneider's uh, Sucker Punch. Because, like, she she starts to dance, and then, like, it's alluded to that this dance is supposed to, like, put people in this trance-like state that they can go through, but then they go into, like, pocket universes of, like, video games and Harry Potter and weird shit. It's the weirdest movie ever, and I can't believe I sat through the entire thing and watched it. Me neither. It's like Zachary Schneider's wet dream. Yeah, I, I, I had to turn it off. You didn't get through the whole thing? No. It didn't seem like it would be worth it. It's not. It really, like, it, visually, it's very pretty. Like, because that's what Zachary Schneider's good at. But anything else, it was just softcore porn. And that's what that sequence, like, reminds me of. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. What's next? Next, Johnny and Stephanie are declared king and queen of the luau. And then we go to the luau. Some nice uh, fire in pools. That disappears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, just in time for them to <laughs> land a motorcycle in it. Yeah. yeah. And to place the king and queen. Like, what? okay, what are they supposed to do? What are, they're, like, just supposed to sit on this little raft and float at their, like, luau thing that they've been named king and queen yeah, at? To get off, you have to get wet. You're stuck on a desert island with your king and queen. That... Also, there's, like, veiled aspects of, like, you know... Isolationism. Sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sacrifice. No, seriously. I felt, I felt like it was, like, racist against, like, Hawaiian, Samoan, South Pacific, or Island, South Island Pacificers. Mm-hmm. That's not oh, the right there term. definitely South Pacific was... Islanders. Boom. There <laughs> definitely was, per, like, cultural appropriation. That whole and, scene. Was yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. You know, the, the, the whole luau scene... To start, you know, it's one thing if you have a Hawaiian themed. I mean, I don't, I don't, I agree with you. Well, when they when they took it 
when the Deep. masks came in, yeah. that's when I was like, uh-uh, get out. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing to do, like, those fake, like, plastic grass skirts, and then it's another thing to completely dress in their, like, ceremonial luau garb. Like, that's, that's taking it too far, for sure. They're pretty bummed about being in that boat together. Yeah. Because they, they, they're pretty pissed. They hate each other. They were attacking one another with the oars. Oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> because Johnny couldn't figure out how to use a paddle, and so he kept, like, pushing her down, saying, no, you're not supposed to, like, help yourself. I'm going to save you, essentially, because he's trying to win her back. And then she starts beating him with her own oar. And then so they sword fight. And then he died. <laughs> and then he died. And then he died. <laughs> So pretty much, yeah, the bad guys show up, but then Michael shows up, so then he just, like, jump challenges them <laughs> to jump over the pool, but the bad guys don't make it, so they just leave out of embarrassment. Well, he chases them out, and then, like, he chases the people back in. Yeah. Like, all the other ride yeah, students. Yeah, and then he jumps over the pool, and the other guys don't make it, and then he's like, yeah, and he takes off his goggles, he's like, I'm Michael! <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, yay! <laughs> Even the principal is pretty pumped. She's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it's, it's our nice British boy. Right. We don't have to deal with another hooligan. Well, they, they all, all the teachers, like, are standing huddled in a little corner and go, oh, it's Michael! Yep. Nobody cares. Or that, that, they're, they're, that was their one shot in that entire scene. And they did that so they wouldn't have to feed them lunch that day. <laughs> right, get out. Go home. Yeah. Half day. Exactly. Yeah. No crafty for you. So then Johnny gives him a T-bird jacket, and he's a T-bird, and then they kiss. <laughs> for a very long time. And sing. Sing, like, one inch from each other's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of loud yeah. and, and weird. It's really awkward, they're kissing. It's, it really is, because they're well, just surrounded by people, and they're just kissing and whispering to each other. It's yeah. very intimate. Oh, but before the kiss... His hair changes. Right. Yes. And then after the kiss, his outfit changes. <laughs> his hair has become, like, perfectly Elvis quaffed mm-hmm. after being in a helmet for that long. Yeah. Although I really think that Johnny had the ultimate Elvis quaff. He did. That. He is all pompadour. I mean, it looked like he had just, like, a horsehair penis hanging <laughs> on his forehead. <laughs> Well, he had to have, like, some, like, cotton or something stuffed up in there to make it that big. Because there's no way that that could happen. No way. It was, like, it had to have been a hairpiece that they just, like, donated on his head. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they sing We'll Be Together, which then transitions to graduation, and in traditional Greece fashion, it ends. They graduated. The movie. It's over. Yep. And then there's jumping scenes. Yeah, there's jumping freeze, freeze frames. frames. <laughs> <laughs> With signatures, like, in, yeah. the, in the yearbook. It's their yeah. yearbook, yeah. That's it. That's that's it. That's the end of Grease 2. So when does Grease 3 come out, <laughs> Justine? Oh, I'm making it right now. Uh, Next yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> All that fan fiction. I'm sure that you can find a couple scripts online. I think this caption should just... The, this movie should just be captioned with just... What? <laughs> I think I've seen enough leather jackets for a lifetime. Uh, I did pre-watch Grease before this, so... No. You're such a good guest, <laughs> Alex. Anybody have any trivia tidbits they'd like to share? Oh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. 
actually years later did an interview where she said that this movie helped her realize that she shouldn't have expectations. <laughs> <laughs> That's the saddest thing. <laughs> because they like they hyped it so much. Like they were doing magazine spreads, they had like weird interviews that they did for TV and like pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And so she was like expecting, I guess, for it to do somewhat successfully because it was so hyped. Well, Didi Khan described the filming process as rushed, frantic, and unorganized. Hmm. That's I how I would describe the plot. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer and Maxwell Caulfield did not get along during filming. Really? Mm-hmm. Michelle stated in an interview that Maxwell was self-adoring. Oh, he definitely... <laughs> he, his character is. He can't stop just kind of posing and... Posing. Well, that explains why he wanted to name it Son of Greece. So, Tom Cruise auditioned for the role of Johnny, but Patricia Birch wanted someone older and taller. He was not tall. He could not have been taller than Tom Cruise. <laughs> he was the shortest one. Tom Cruise is 5'4". Yeah, but Johnny? He was the shortest one of the... No. Oh, no, Dave da- uh, was. Davey was shorter. But still, he was short. It's one thing I don't know when you're when you're talking about an ensemble group like that. I, just, I don't think Tom Cruise could have pulled it off. But Cher initially signed on to play Paulette, <laughs> 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 but backed out, complaining of low salary and unfinished script. Poor Paulette. You up, love Paulette. I feel bad for Paulette. Her life is terrible. She's with a guy who's like settled for her. Yeah. That is true. And she's just kind of cool with it. Yeah. Like, well, hopefully she, like, because she does stand up to him at one point. So I think that the, the, the illusion veil is slow, slowly slipping. Yeah, I could see a future for them. Because they're both, like, not the greatest people. I could see yeah. a future, but I could definitely see her wearing the pants in the relationship. Where she, like, literally sets the tone. Right. He's not getting a job after he graduates. No. She She yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, she got her shit together. Debbie Harry was asked to play Stephanie, but declined. You could definitely see Smart move. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think this hurt Michelle Pfeiffer's career, to be quite honest, because this is one of her breakout performances. Yeah, I mean, she she wasn't really known before this. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it could have hindered his, because he was wooden and kind of, yeah, self-absorbed and not really amusing. Also considered for Stephanie was Pat Benatar. Whoa, wild. Oh, this movie did make money. The budget was $11.2 million and it made $15.2 million, So it hovered making right around $4 million. They still called it a flop. That's a flop. That is, no, that is a flop when you don't even make, or when you only make like 5% of what your original budget was. That's, yeah. Publicity for the sequel stated that it was the first time a female choreographer had become a film director. This movie was her directorial debut and her only theatrical film directing credit. Aw. Yeah, probably for the best. Oh my god, Annette Funicello was originally signed on to be Miss Mason. Ah, I would have loved that. You know who I wanted? Who? Raquel Welsh. I saw her the other day. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. We just watched the original Bedazzled. She's in it for seven minutes. Yeah, she plays Lust. She takes off her clothes. Yeah. Were there any attempts to bring back 
uh, original cast from from the original Grease besides uh, besides Frenchie. Yeah, like everybody. Uh, they tried to do cameo sequences with uh, Kaniki and Rizzo, Kaniki and Rizzo, and then the director really wanted to bring in a scene uh, towards the end where Danny and Sandy were married and they owned a gas station in the town. Ugh, that's terrible. That's how they wanted to integrate Them yeah. owning a gas station? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, and then Kaniki was... Sandy would leave him so fast. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, and Kaniki was... They wanted to bring him back so that he could be the owner of the bowling alley. Right. Which I don't know how he would own the bowling alley. Is it supposed to be taking place two years after they've graduated high school? Hey, I own a bowling alley now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, are you ready to rate this film? Yes. Uh, I give this film two flying motorcycles. Its saving grace was its self-awareness of campiness. Very nice. I'm going to rate it two uh, motorcycle sidecars. I'm going to rate it four pink lady jackets. (laughs) One for each of the different styles that were in this film. Yes. Okay. I can see. And for each pink lady. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for having me on, guys. This was awesome. Yeah. Where can people find you? Uh, I tweet pretty much never at overworkedirish, usually responding to posts from at midnight or ranting about sports. That's the extent of my Twitter experience. Nice. Next week, we are going back in time and watching 1966's How to Steal a Million. Yes. Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. All right. So um, you can always uh, listen and download our episodes at thecutaways.com. Leave us comments and rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And we're on Facebook and Twitter as at Cutaways Podcast. Boom. Thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. And thank you, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.